Blog Talk Radio. Monday, September the 11th, 2017. I'm your host and author of the book, Destiny Awaits, The Pouring Out of Wisdom for Humanity to Drink, Lisa M. Saunders, coming to you from Owings Mills, Maryland. This broadcast is being sponsored by Masterminds LLC, inspiring and empowering people to achieve a greater destiny. Once again, we are super excited this evening about being with you and to be able to share love and wisdom with the desire to uplift, inspire, motivate, and empower you to live a more peace-filled, joyful, and loving life. So to receive and download this podcast, simply go to the iTunes store, click on podcast, and type in a date with destiny. You can also receive it via my website, your destiny net, or simply by Googling us, Blog Talk Radio, A Date with Destiny. Also, follow us on Twitter at least L-Y-S-E-101. That's L-Y-S-E-101. If you would like to become a sponsor or to get more exposure for your literary work or business, you can send a message via my website, info at yourdestinyawaits.net, or via my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101. So once again, we are excited to share with our listeners information from people of all walks of life that we believe will inspire, motivate, and empower you. We are so happy to be in our fifth year of broadcasting and can't wait to share some really good stuff we have coming up for the rest of the season. Tonight, we have another amazing show. We have joining with us this evening, Miss Sherry Peel Jackson. Sherry Peel Jackson is a retired certified public accountant. Um, certified fraud. Let me start over. Sherry Peel Jackson is a retired certified public accountant, certified fraud examiner, and former IRS agent with over 30 years of experience in public, private, and governmental accounting. She is a financial and business coach who conducts basic and advanced financial education seminars across the United States. She also instructs IRS audit information and preparation workshops for various establishments, including private companies, governmental agencies, nonprofit organizations, and churches. 
Sherry is also a Christian author and speaker. She is the author of several books, including How to Escape the Rat Race, Four Keys to Acquire the Life of Your Dreams, How to Stick It to the IRS, I like that one, and several more. Sherry was thrust into the national spotlight for taking a stand against government fraud and theft and landed in federal prison for three years on a misdemeanor charge. While behind bars, she used her time to study and gain a greater understanding of the reasons for our economic failures and the ways we can not only overcome financial barrenness, but learn to grow perpetual wealth for generations to come. She also has developed educational courses that will enlighten people about proper techniques to go beyond serving and begin thriving. A Date with Destiny would now like to welcome Miss Sherry Peel Jackson to the show. So hello, Sherry. Welcome, and how are you today? Hello, Sherry. I think we lost you. Okay, we have a bad connection here. Something went wrong. I know that Sherry is, I believe, in Atlanta where, um, oh, there she is. She pops back up. I believe, uh, um, Sherry, so we're going to do this again because um, I think we lost her. Sherry, are you there? Sherry, are you there? Yes. Can you there hear me? There she is. I can hear you now. How are you? I'm going to I think you missed your applause. So we're going to give you an applause again. How are you today? <laughs> I, I am great. You know, we're um in the middle of tropical storm Irma and I'm not really sure yeah. how I got knocked out, but I was concerned whether that because the winds are picking up pretty high. They say that the highways, the major highways have trees on them. And most uh. of us uh, stayed home. They told everybody to stay home. Clues, schools are closed. The government's closed. And mm. uh, I'm just here, here, and uh, prayerfully it won't happen again. It won't cut out again. Yeah, and I kind of figured that's what was going on because you're in Atlanta, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so have they, because um, I think they said that they have downgraded it to the tropical storm now, right? They have, but the winds are between 30 and 60 miles an hour depending on where you are. So our right. problem is trees. You know, we have a canopy of trees over the Atlanta area, and okay. a lot of the pines are just, they're, they, they'll easily snap in, too. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I'm glad that you're safe. And I'm, if we lose you again, I'm, you know, at least we know that the hurricane, you know, the weather is, is what's going on. And hopefully you'll be able to call back in because I believe that what you have to share with our listeners and myself, actually, is so important. Um, and I just want to tell you that, um, first of all, there's so much to uh, cover. And I, I want to thank you for joining us today. And I must say that um, you are a powerhouse. And uh, we're just very fortunate and grateful to have you um, to share with us. And um, so, yes, we have a lot to cover. And I know that you've lived such a full life already. And I already and I also know that the best is yet to come. Um, So I would like to just briefly talk about your life as an agent, because when I discovered you, not like I didn't discover you, but when I um, uh, saw you, 
I saw an interview that you did on one of the social media sites. And I just happened to click on it. Spirit said, click on this. And I clicked on it and I listened to the interview and it just blew me over. And it was the one, one of the interviews where you were sharing your history about what you went through with the IRS. And then you started educating people to, you know, what they were doing, uh, uh, literally doing to the, um, to, to the people. And so I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need to reach out to her because your story was just amazing to me. So I want you to be, I want my listeners to get what I got (laughs) when I started really researching, you know, who you were, what you do for a living, what you went through. And um, I just want to share it with the world. So let's start off by, you know, talking about that when you were with the IRS back in, um, I don't even have the year written down, but you know, if you want to walk us through that a little bit, Okay, so I uh, got my CPA in 1987. Mm-hmm. I was working for a CPA firm, and then mm-hmm. I left the CPA firm and started working with, in corporate America. Did not like that at all. And my okay, we can't hear you. We lost you. Sherry? Uh, okay, the call has dropped again. Yeah, this it's going. I see that this is going to be very interesting. Um, with her being in right in the midst of this hurricane, um, and which now has been downgraded to a tropical storm, but she said there's a lot of trees down in her area. Um, so if if those who are listening right now can just shoot a prayer her way right now. Um, and pray for everyone that's in Atlanta and in the um, eye of the storm. Um, so we're just going to wait a minute, see if she gets, she's able to call back in. Um, but Sherry's story is so powerful. And one of the reasons why I really uh, wanted to interview her was because of uh, the knowledge and the experience that she had working in corporate America. So Sherry is actually going to share with us that experience of being in corporate America, working for the IRS, and working us up to what she now calls the master plan. And when you hear the master plan, that's actually going to blow you away. So I'm going to just sit tight. There she is. She's back. She's back with us, Sherry. Hey. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to be a fighter today. Now, I've changed locations to see whether that would help, but I'm looking at the signal on my phone, and it it, it set the second highest bar, so I'm, I think it's the win. But my dad never let us complain in the house. He said, if you don't like where you are at point A, go to point B. So I left corporate mm-hmm. America mm-hmm. and Went to the IRS. I said, you know, I'm pretty good in basic math, and they were advertising in the Atlanta paper. Got hired on the spot and worked there for seven and a half years. At the beginning, I was thinking, okay, I'm helping my country. Didn't know that there was an issue there with the the taxes. Towards the end, I still didn't know, but I started to feel not good about the way the IRS was operating, simply because there there was preferential treatment given to certain people, specifically to corporations. So you got a little mm-hmm. mom-and-pop business that, you, that is being audited. They don't have an attorney and can't afford an attorney, but they, they have their business and they love their business. Maybe right. they don't even have an accountant 
and, you know, maybe the wife is doing the books. Well, something's wrong with the tax return, and mm-hmm. it could be devastating. It could even close their business. Mm. Now, can you imagine having a business for several years and then having somebody come in from mm-hmm. the Internal Revenue Service, better known as the insidious representative of Satan, and Ooh. close your business down, not because they're closing it down, but because charged you such a large tax bill mm-hmm. that you can't afford to stay open because you have to pay the um, most of the money that you make into the IRS. And let's flip right. it around now. Uh-huh. You've got corporations out there, and I've, I've had the situation where I've audited a corporation. They owed about, let's say, it was 300 and some odd thousand dollars back. And I, I, re, I turned the report in, and the regular protocol is if Uh-oh. All right, you know what? We're praying away that spirit right now. Uh-uh. Come on now. Just, just let her do this interview because this is a good story. No, it dropped again. <sighs> okay. All right. All right. So we're just going to sit tight until she calls us back. Um, yeah. This is such a good story. And, you know, actually, if you um, go online to my Facebook page, which is um, a des- Destiny Awaits, facebook.com forward slash Destiny Awaits 101, you, there's a link there, um, I believe, that you can go and check out her website. And there's a lot of, like, um, her YouTube videos where she actually talks about the IRS experience. Um, and how they um, arrested her because she was out here speaking the truth. So that's very interesting. All righty. So, okay, she's back. Let's try this again. All right. Okay. Hi. <laughs> this is, we're going to get through this. Sherry, are you there? Yeah, that storm is really something. Hello, Sherry? Ah, the call is dropped again. So, you know, what's going to have to happen is we may have to reschedule. Unfortunately, we may have to reschedule the interview because, again, she's in the, you know, she's in Atlanta right now. And um, even though I've been downgraded to a tropical storm, it's still wreaking havoc in some parts of Atlanta. And she said, you know, earlier when she was on that, um, you know, there's a lots of lots of trees down, the government shut down in her area, schools were closed and so on and so forth. So um, that's probably affecting, you know, even her making this call. So we'll give her one more shot. I'm going to sit tight just for another second, and she's back again, and let's see if this time, you know what, right now, we we just going to rebuke the devil right now. We just rebuking it. In the it. name of Jesus. In the name of, yes. okay? <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Yes. I, I, you know what? I, I'm not sure whether it's it's the weather, because I'm looking at the signal is good, and, every, and, and I'm not going to say, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm looking uh-huh. at this as if, you know, it's just, just too much going on. I've, I've been on the phone off and on all day, and this is the first phone call that got disconnected. Oh, wow. Anyway, as I was oh. saying, you know, you, <laughs> you, you've had me advertised for a while, so people knew yes. that I was going to be on here. 
Yeah. So it's not like it's a surprise. So some, some, some people know that I'm on here. And I'm watching the signal. The signal is on, like I said, the second highest. It goes between the first and second highest. Now, oh there was this company that, that basically owed back uh, $300,000. They took it up to appeals. And what was supposed to happen was appeals is supposed to kick it back to me with that company's response from their attorney. Mm-hmm. I got this case back to sign off on on my desk. And it had been settled for like $25,000. So I went mm. to my manager and I said, Mike, what's going on here? I said, I was supposed to respond to this appeal prior to any decision. And he just told me to leave it alone. So the corporations with the attorneys get preferential treatment over mom and pop. And it's not, it's not a, a, a racial issue because it, it doesn't matter what color they are. It's like an economic issue. Where right. the, the smaller businesses get get mowed over, so mm. I was feeling that way. But then I left. When I left the IRS, not because I found out about any fraud or anything. I still didn't know when I left. I right. left because the IRS started getting more time in, than my family. I had two small children at the time. I had them in little private school and you know running around doing the bidding of the IRS and and not having anything left to give in the evening. Mm-hmm. To my family, so I just decided right. to quit. I didn't have another job. I just quit and okay. decided, okay, well, I'm gonna, you know, see what I want to do for a year. I didn't do anything. I thought I was gonna be June Cleaver. That's when I really found out that I'm just not the June Cleaver type. <laughs> right. So I had a basement in my house, and I decided to set up a CPA firm. What they call put your shingle out. So I put, you know, the shingle out and started a CPA firm. And when I left the IRS, I guess people stopped being afraid to talk to me about the elephant in the room, which is there's been there's research out there that says that the income tax is being misrepresented and misapplied to those that live and work in the state. Mm. And I started doing research and I still had, you know, my my IRS knowledge, my codes and regulations and all that and I'm gonna say, um originally I just started hearing it from different people, different walks of life, different races were telling me this. But there was a uh, there's an organization called We the People Foundation for Constitutional Education headed up by Bob Schultz, and it's in New York. And mm-hmm. they put a, a USA Today ad out in the year 2000, and the USA Today said, Dear We the People, the income tax is a fraud. And, mm. and within that article were two things. Number one, there was mention of a book that a former IRS agent wrote with his research concerning the fact that the income tax was being misrepresented and misapplied. And the second thing was a $50,000 $50, challenge by a man named William Conklin for anybody that could prove that Americans that live and work in the 50 states had to pay an income tax. So, of course, that got my attention. I ordered uh, Joe Bannister's book, and I worked on the $50,000 challenge. And to this day, I have not found a law that requires most people that live and work in the state file an income tax return, or PN income tax. Well, people ask me, well, you know, why did you start speaking out? Because a lot of people know this. I'm telling you, lots of people know this, but they are too afraid to speak out. And mm-hmm. the thing that, the straw that broke the camel's back with me wasn't that the income tax was a fraud more so than I found out that the Federal Reserve is not federal. They are mm. a non-auditable private banking cartel. They collect over $40 million an hour in interest from the American people. So when wow. people are paying what they think is their income tax, it's not going to the roads because the gas tax pays for that. 
it's not going to pay the policemen, the firemen, and the nurses because your real estate taxes pay for that. When you write a check to the IRS, it's going to the Federal Reserve, which is families like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the Warburgs and all these people for their children's children's children to never have to work a day in their life. So mm. I'm sitting at my desk. Sometimes I was working 16 hours a day. Have, have you ever had to stay up all night and work? I've had to stay up, and Captain Kirk, uh, Mr. Spock, and Dr. McCoy were my company because I'm a, I'm a Trekkie, and I would put <laughs> the tapes in. This was back in the day where we still had the VHS. So I was right. putting them in so they could keep me company while I would type up all these audit reports that were due. And I'm thinking, you know, at the end of the year, I've worked so, so hard, and I have to write these ten, twelve, and $15,000 checks to the IRS. It's not to help the country. It's not to keep people fed. It's to help people's children children's children, some children that aren't even born, that oh never have gosh. to work a day in their life. The people that the Kennedys and the Rockefellers and all those children that grow up with a silver spoon in their mouth, the reason is because their family has perpetual wealth coming in because they set a system up a long time ago. Your, your uh, listeners need to read a book called The Creature from Jekyll Island. Mm-hmm. That book explains what happened back in 1909 all the way through getting the Federal Reserve and the income tax together mm-hmm. because they're like hand in glove. And there's also a video series called The Money Masters by Bill Steele. That one goes way back into the 1800s across the water to show what the Rothschilds were doing. So these things I learned, and I said people need to know these things. So I started just speaking mm-hmm. out about it. I, I hooked up with some other former IRS agents and some other folks that were adamant about getting the truth out. And the government got mad. And you know what happened when the government got mad? Well, I know what happened, but I need you to tell us what happened. (laughs) Okay, so USA Today articles came out. We were on 60 Minutes, and we started to get a lot of notoriety, specifically because those of us that were – those of us that were speaking out had letters Mm -hmm. behind our name. So we had some credibility behind us. Right. The government – under Charles Grassley was the Senate Finance Committee chairman. They had hearings, and they had our pictures blown up in these hearings. Now, I didn't go to Washington when I found out that they were not going to speak. Some of the group went on to Washington, and they made them sit up in the balcony, and they couldn't say anything to defend themselves. But the whole hearing centered around set us down because we're, we're a different message the people to know. So mm-hmm. they decided to prosecute us. Now, my house was raided mm. in July of 2004. It was early in the morning, 7.45 in the morning. I was in my basement office in my pajamas on a, a hot July morning, and somebody started knocking on the door like a wild woman. And, and mm-hmm. you really, it's the way my mother knocks on the door like that. And I was thinking to myself at first, why is my mom at my house at 7.45 in the morning? Right. Then I got in a panic and I said, something's wrong. You know, my mom, something's wrong. So I ran upstairs to see why mom was at my, my door. It wasn't. I had red lasers all over my face. Can you imagine <gasps> going to your door and you got lasers? I mean, they, they had the oh guns trained on me through the little window on the side of the door. So <gasps> they're saying federal agents open up. So I'm standing there thinking to myself, okay, I do not want these people in my house. However... I know they have itchy trigger fingers, and I don't want my children, which were upstairs, 
right. and my husband, which was upstairs, to wake up and see me in a pool of blood. So I opened the door, and they rushed in. There were about 10 or 20 of them. They, were, they went in all different directions in my house. There was one in the backyard with a metal dis- Uh-oh. Don't tell me the call. Not in the middle of the story. No call. Don't drop. Uh, can you imagine? Yep, the call dropped. But can you imagine? Okay, so she's home in her pajamas, um, 7.45 in the morning. You go to your door to answer the door, and you've got laser beams aimed all over your body. Um, and then all the calls dropped. So, all right, well, we're going to hang in there. We're going to hang in there because I know she's going to call us back um, to finish this story. And um, I'm just amazed, actually, uh, because actually, okay, so she mentioned a book, and I know this, I'm going to get the book. I haven't gotten it yet, but it's called The Creature from Jekyll Island. And in the book, it talks about um, everything that she was saying as far as, um, you know, the powers that be and how they are generating wealth for their families and the taxes that we pay as far as federal taxes and the um, Federal Reserve, um, where all the money goes and, and so forth and so on. So the creature from Jekyll Island. Um, all right, we're going to give her one more second to see if she's going to be able to call us back. Um and listen to the rest of the story. You're going to be amazed because, and, and again, please don't love, don't hang up, don't stop listening, um, because I want her to share what she came up with as far as what the master plan is. It's actually it's going to blow your mind. It's really really good stuff. So just sit tight. We're going to hang in there for one more minute, and I know she's going to call us back. Um, So, yeah, so now I just sit and I'm not going to do the Jeopardy song. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Oh, there she is. Okay. So here we go. Look down at the phone and realize that you weren't there. What's the last thing that you heard? heard The last thing I heard was uh, the laser beams all over you, itchy trigger fingers. Oh, my goodness. I had been talking for a really long time, and I should have been looking at the phone because normally when it was going out, it would give me three beeps. Oh, no. So, I had to, yeah, I had to make a decision whether I'm going to – I'm not going to take my eyes off the phone because I okay. was just – my I had my eyes closed, and when okay. I opened it, it said call failure. But oh, no. I had to make a decision <laughs> as uh-huh. to whether I wanted to – my family to see me in a pool of blood or let them in. So they came uh-huh. in, and there were like 15 or 20 of them, and even one was in the backyard with a metal detector to see what was, you know, what was buried in the backyard, and they were asking questions, and for every question I said, I do not consent, I do not consent, I do not consent. So right. they were all over the house, ransacking my house. They put one agent in the room with us because they got my family up, and we all were in the uh, family room, and I was so angry. They, wouldn't, they didn't want us to leave the room without permission and I did not – I'm not going to ask permission to move around in my own home. Mm-hmm. So I went and got four bottles of water, and I put them in the bay window, and I stood toe-to-toe with that agent because I was so angry I wanted to do something, but I couldn't. I put my hands behind my back. Oh, by the way, let me back up. I had on a long gown, 
And, mm-hmm. and one of the woman agents asked me, did I want to go put on some clothes? So she followed me up in the room, watched me change clothes. So I put on some jeans and a, a, tax, a tax protest T-shirt. Then I got the bottles of water, and I stood toe-to-toe with this agent. And I mm-hmm. was looking in his face because I was so angry. I didn't say anything to him, but under my breath I was saying, you know you're wrong, you know you're wrong. So we started mm-hmm. switching, and he left the room and then sent another agent in. And eventually uh, I, my phone, you know, we had those flip phones back in the day. And I found my phone. It was in the family room in a chair. So I went over to that chair. And my natural hair is, is maybe about sh- a little bit longer than shoulder length. So I flipped the phone up and put it on the, on the side where they couldn't see. And I called one of the other people in the tax movement that had also been raided. And I said, Larkin, they're in my house. I'm being raided. So he said, whatever you do, don't leave the house. Because if you leave the house, they'll tell you you can leave the house, but they won't let you back in. Oh, and wow. so I said, okay. Okay, so at that point, he had over 7,000 people on his email, and he emailed out the fact that I was being raided, and his brother lived in Atlanta, and he came with a, with, with a film crew, and there were people all over the place outside protesting. Now, I didn't see them, but I could hear them, and I could, hear, I could see the agents in my house being puzzled and scared. Uh, one, of, one of my associates tried to get into the house, but they wouldn't let him in. He was a businessman. Wouldn't let oh him gosh. in because he wasn't my lawyer. So mm-hmm. word got out, and they were there till 545, and they took 32 boxes, and they left. Mm. After wow. that, one of my attorney friends said, Sherry, if you shut up now, they might leave you alone. But it wasn't for me to shut up because the Lord told me to tell the people what was going on with their money. Right. I know you work hard, right. and I know your listeners work hard. You want to do what you want to do with your money. You don't right. want people like a Donald Rumsfeld taking your money and making aspartame that kills people and then blowing up people to take their oil. I didn't ask anybody to blow anybody up to take their oil. So right. that, so it was it was it was in me to go and con- and continue to tell people. Mm-hmm. After that, Aaron Russo, that made Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and the Rose with Bette Midler, decided mm-hmm. he was going to do a documentary documentary on the IRS, and that was called America: Freedom to Fascism. It is still on the internet. So it's America, freedom freedom say that again. America, what? Freedom to fascism. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the documentary called America: Freedom to Fascism features me along with a whole bunch of other former IRS agents, a former FBI agent, Congressman Ron Paul, some constitutional attorneys, and historians, all telling people that the income tax doesn't apply. They got wow. That, that movie came out. Uh, at AMC and Regal Theaters for a week, and the government had it pulled. Mm. The, 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 the movie theaters were saying, oh, we had to pull the movie because of uh, low, low attendance. Well, first of all, we were getting reports of, of lines around the corner. Second of all, I, I know there are hundreds of movies, maybe even thousands of movies that have low attendance, but they still show them. So the, the movie got pulled. It's online right now. So they, they ended up prosecuting Joe Bannister. Joe Bannister won his case because he was able to put some evidence in. They prosecuted Tommy Cryer, which was a lawyer out of Treeport, Louisiana, that, that had not filed tax returns in over 10 years. Hmm. Tommy has something called the memo, and it's a whole bunch of Supreme Court cases that show that the income, uh, income tax doesn't apply to us. The Supreme Court is supposed to be the law of the land, and Tommy Cryer won his case, and I was third. My case came three months after Tommy's. Now, football game that's a winning team, they always 
when they lose, they'll go back and they'll look at the film on Monday morning. Well, they went mm-hmm. back to determine why they lost Joe Bannister's case and why they lost Tommy Pryor's case, and they wanted uh-huh. to make sure they win one. So they came. They they sent people down from Washington D.C. to prosecute me. Oh, wow. They didn't let any of my evidence in. I could not show my little video like Joe did, and I could not talk about the. I was started talking about the Supreme Court cases, and the judge told me I will instruct the jury on the law. But she didn't tell me what I was going to tell them. So I actually eventually ended up being uh, prosecuted. Now, it was a misdemeanor charge, believe it or not. There was no indictment. When you indict somebody, it's for a felony. When they came right. in and raided my home and did all this investigation, they couldn't find a felony. So they brought me up on misdemeanor charges. So they filed what's called an information. And what the, hmm. what the information said is Sherry Jackson made at least $12,000 and didn't file tax returns. So yeah, they um, wow. they prosecuted me. They they continued to bring up the facts that I was making six figures in all those years. Basically, make the jury hate me. And these people being told all their lives that there's nothing sure in life with death and taxes, and also being afraid of the IRS, they came back with a guilty verdict. So I was charged, of, and the judge gave me a four year sentence on a misdemeanor. Now that's unprecedented. Mm. You got murderers, mm. and you got people, great people that get less time than me. Yeah. But because I was in, see, as a matter of fact, there's this rapper named T.I. that was in the court system at the same time as I am, had right. felony charges, got put it, put in the Atlanta city jail, and bribed some people evidently, to, they made a booty video in jail. So this booty video comes out on YouTube, and people discover that, hey, this is in the Atlanta city jail. So they gave him home confinement and let him go around to the schools telling people why it was bad to be a gangbanger. But this homeschooling mother of two is telling people where their money is going. It's a four-year sentence on a misdemeanor charge. So that's mm-hmm. how that goes. They don't want you to know about what's going on with money. They do not want mm-hmm. you to know that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I ended up spending three of those four years in the federal prison. Now, I got six months off for good time and six mm-hmm. months off for halfway house. That is the only reason why I got time off. And mm. they, they, they let me out three years to the day that I was put in. In other words, they would not give me not any extra time. And so I came home, and people said, oh, you know, I guess expected me to shut up and just crawl in a hole. Well, no, because truth is truth for everybody, or it's not truth for anybody, and truth doesn't change. So the right. fact that 12 jurors were afraid and didn't know the law and a whole bunch of people wanted to prosecute me and make make an example of me, did not change the truth that the income tax is a fraud and it should not be being imposed on us. Uh, people pay it out of fear most of the time. I don't ask anybody to fall on their sword like I did. But mm-hmm. what I do now is tell people, you might not take a sword to the beast, but you can starve the beast. And I mm-hmm. go around the country t- telling people how to keep more of, of what they earn, protect it, and make it grow. Okay. Okay, so yeah, because there's a quote that you said, which is basically what you just said, starve the beast by starting your own business. I've heard you say that before. Mm -hmm. Right, because the tax code is made for businesses. A person that has Mm -hmm. a job, Mm -hmm. and most, you know, I'm not not down in jobs. I mean, most people have a job that you pay the rent and the mortgage and your car notes and all that. But when you have a job, you get into tax deductions. they, They take the money out of your check. And people say, well, I'm not, you know, the IRS doesn't bother me. 
I get $3,000 back. And I'm looking at him like, oh, you poor ignorant thing, because that means that you gave the government five or six or $7,000 of your money, and they only gave you 3000 back. And some mm. people will say, well, I'd like to get my refund back because, you know, then I can go on vacation. Well, that just tells me that you're trusting the government to hold your money with no interest, and then you, you hope that they'll give it back to you, you know, in April or whatever, so you can do something with it. That's, that's, we, we, need to, we need a new mindset about how money works, and yeah. we need to be like Donald Trump. Now, I know a lot of people hate the man, but he's a, he's a businessman, and he understands, because Hillary got up there and said Donald Trump didn't pay his taxes, and everybody just sucked all the money out of the room, but the man knows that the tax code is made for businesses, and he knows how to write off everything but the kitchen sink. So, yeah, he had some net operating losses. You can, I don't know if people know this. If you have a business and your business has a years, here it has a, there's something called the net operating loss rules where you can carry back those losses 18 years and then carry them forward two more years. Mm. Let me, let me, let me make sure people understand that. Let's say mm-hmm. every year my, my business is making a million dollars and really, really bad year and I lost, I lose $5 million. Mm-hmm. I can carry that loss all the way back and get a refund, a refund for the years that I was making money. So I can mm-hmm. offset that. And that's what that's what all the business people do. And guess what? I'm sure Bill and Hillary have a business, too, that they write off NOL. But they keep us divided by making us think that there's a difference between the Democrats and the Republicans, which right. there are. The, Demo- mm-hmm. the Democrats and the Republicans are sleeping in the same bed and they're screwing us up. And they, they make right. us fight each other over, you know, race. I'm black, you're white, I'm a Republican. Right. You're a Jew, I'm a Christian, I'm a Muslim. Oh, they, and they laugh while we sit and put over that stuff. And then yeah. they, they, they're, they're corralling us in this, in this sheeple corral. I call, it, I call people sheeple that don't want to know. Mm-hmm. They're putting us in this corral so that we'll always be you know, a person that doesn't have anything and to depending right. on the government and corporations for our sustenance. And that's where I'm telling people, start your own business, have more resources and your time. Buy back your time. You can't buy back your time mm-hmm. if you have a job. You're making somebody else rich. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. teaching people to, while they have a job, instead of coming home and turning on the electronic income reducer, that thing that, that you all call the TV, <laughs> or the electronic right. intellect reducer, instead of turning that on, take an hour to decompress, you know, eat your dinner, relax a little bit, and then go full on your home-based business from, like, let's say, 7 to, to 9 or 7 to 10 or 7 to 11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on the person. And then yeah. and then on the weekends, instead of sitting there watching football games all day, work on your home-based business. Because, Lisa, uh, until Cam Newton starts stroking me a check, my team is the Jackson team. Right, so right. That's what people. That's what I'm telling people to do. And, right. You know, people are starting to understand that, and especially now that jobs are something that are so flimsy. You could be working on a job 20 years, and then they you get a pink slip because you're yep. making too much money, and they can hire two people to do your job. Yep. At much less than they're paying you. So a lot of middle management people in the last several years have been laid off their job. Yep. And, you know, six-figure earners are being laid off their jobs, and they're bringing in people from India and all these other places to work mm-hmm. for, like, $30,000 each. 
So now you're mm-hmm. paying a 60, two people $60,000 and instead of one person $100,000. And that person, being that they're, you know, in their 50s or late 40s, early 50s, even, even you know, later 50s, it's hard for them to get another job. And, and specifically, almost impossible to get another job making $100,000. Right. So that's what's happening. And pe- people are less reluctant to go out and start a new business. They're less reluctant yeah. to do that. Yeah. So. I have lots of people uh, on the East Coast and the West Coast that I'm consulting with to to start and grow their home-based businesses to the point where they can leave their job. Now, this wasn't one of my clients, but I do have an associate that lives in Canada that did the same thing. He he did steady plus. He started his home-based business. He got up to where he paid off all his bills, and he was comfortable with the amount of money that was coming in, and he went in to the Christmas party on his job. He he went in dressed as Santa Claus. He bought. He gave his boss a gift and said, "Sorry, I'm gonna have to let you go." And he gave him a gift, and he gave his co- co-workers a gift, and he quit, and he never came back. Wow. Good for him. So because yeah, that's because, the goal. Mhm. Yeah. Um. You you said another quote. Now I don't know because I. I this is moving us up to the master plan. Let's talk about the master plan. And I, it sounds like what you were saying, um, you know, um, um, sort of encompasses the master plan, I think. Um, but I want, yeah, okay. I want you to share the master plan with the listeners. Okay. I'm watching the phone closely. The master okay. plan is a two-pronged plan that mm-hmm. powers the team are enacting on us right now. They, it's been in place for a long time, but it's, it's like a snowball that rolls down the hill. It gets bigger and faster as it goes mm-hmm. downhill. The, mm-hmm. the, the first prong plan is they're trying to make us broke, okay? The way they try to make you broke is to keep you locked in to think that you have to go to college and have this big student loan and then come out and get a, a, a wage-earning job and depend on a job and you know, with the, with the prices and, and, and the, the television telling you that you need to get Gucci and, you know, you need to go get coach and all that stuff, they keep you in the earn-spend cycle. And the earn-spend mm-hmm. cycle is when you get paid on Friday, you go straight to the mall, you get the Gucci and the coach and the Versace and all that other stuff, and then you go party on Friday and Saturday night, then you go to church and you put $25 in the plate. By Monday morning, you broke again, and you're mm-hmm. waiting for the next paycheck. That is the earn-spend cycle. So they're mm-hmm. not teaching children how to manage money in high school. They don't know right. how to manage a checkbook. They do right. know the credit cards exist, and they do know right. that, you know, if I don't have the money, I may be able to get a credit card. Yes, they are issuing high school students credit cards. They're sending mm-hmm. them to them in the mail. During, yeah. during their senior they believe that the parents will pay it if the, if the child runs it up. So it's a system that's aggressively going after people, to make sure that they stay perpetually in debt. debt. Mm-hmm. The other prong is they're trying to make us sick with the pharmaceuticals and GMO foods. That is mm. a major problem, especially in the African-American community with mm-hmm. the, the proliferation of juvenile diabetes out there. I mean, we've got children that are 13, 14, 15 years old that are on insulin because they have diabetes, they don't have a chance. You know, they're probably right. dead before they're 40. Because of, because of what we're putting in our mouths, my mom used to always say garbage in, garbage out. Well, that's so true because a McDonald's Happy Meal is going to be more 
convenient and maybe even cheaper than having something that's going to be healthy for you. Right. And they know that in in the in there's I'm, I live in the hood and I live in the hood for a purpose, mm-hmm. which is another story. I'm not going to go out and put myself in debt to get a, a, a six figure house so that the house will have me instead of me having the house. Right. So because I did not want to live in an apartment uh, complex, I bought a foreclosure and it's in the hood. So mm-hmm. I'm here in the hood so that I can save money, so that I can travel when I want to, so that I can invest properly, so that when the excrement hits the portable cooling device, then I'll be I'll be prepared. Now, right. on, on the main street near my neighborhood, there are liquor stores, McDonald's. There's there's a Dunkin' Donuts, and two doors down, there's a Krispy Kreme. Mm. And in between those two, there there's a, a, a like I said, a, some kind of a shoe store that sells expensive gym shoes. Mm. So they they marketing is is very strategic in right. in our neighborhoods especially because they they know what people are drawn to and they know they don't a lot of them might not have a car they might be on the bus and they have all of these things right there that are unhealthy for us. So right. we're killing ourselves with all that sugar between. Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kreme. What is and then what is my my, my son calls it? When when you go to the restaurant here in, in the South, they they serve sweet tea and sweet tea mm. in the North is totally different than sweet tea in the South. Right. Yes, ma'am. Some calls it diabetes tea. And, yeah. And so they're trying to kill us. There's a there's a a block of stones here in South Georgia called the Georgia Guidestones. Mm-hmm. They have some mandates on them for society to survive, and one of them is that they keep the population down to like, uh, let's say it's five hundred, is it uh, five hundred thousand or five mm-hmm. million or something like that? Anyway, you have to kill off about ninety percent of the population. Mm-hmm. In order to meet their goals, and they are they're they're. They're they're strategically yeah having people killed by the police. And by the way, let me say this to the listeners: I talked to a former Los Angeles Police Department, a Los Angeles policeman. He said that the CIA recruits policemen that are working in different cities and counties, and they're on the payroll for the police department, but they're also on the payroll for the CIA. And and they're mm. they're watching and they're in, in place to to do certain things, so they know. So the CIA knows everything that's going on in every police department where they have a plant, and also these people are mandated to do certain things. And I'm not sure that you know this this race baiting thing with all these cops killing uh, black folks and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, you know, who's who's behind that, but it's suspicious to me, and it's also right. suspicious to me that. Well, there are a whole bunch of things that have been proven about, you know, like the drugs in our communities and things like that. So they're right. trying to kill us with drugs and foods and all that. And then they're trying yeah. to, to to put us in economic slavery. So I've got this yeah. quote, and I have this little poster in my office, and it's called, it's, I call it modern day slavery, but it says slavery. And it literally has two, three, four, five, six, ten slaves in a cotton field. And, it's, and, mm. and, and what it says is it's still, it's, a hundred percent of the product of someone's labor is slavery. At what percentage is it not slavery? 
So they mm. have us in slavery. They have us in economic slavery. And at the same time, they're killing us with, with, with what's going in our mouth. So we're, we're dropping like flies and we're letting them do it. Education. Yeah. We need to turn yeah. off whatever's on television and, and get involved in shows like yours. Just get on the Internet and not to sit there and watch crazy jokes on the Internet, but sit right. there and, and study what's going on in other countries, what's going on in our country, so that yeah. we can make sure that we're informed. There's no yeah. way that we should have so many teenagers that – have diabetes. Their parents right. not paying attention. You know, mm-hmm. uh, somebody. I, I'm going to call you at, at tomorrow night at eight o'clock. Oh no, you can't call me at eight because my show comes on at eight, and I turn my television. I turn my phone off. I've heard somebody say that. I was in the car shop getting my car, my truck repaired, mm-hmm. and heard somebody say that you know they turn off their phone when their show comes on. And that's so sad because wow. we're we're looking at vicariously living somebody else's life, making some producer right. rich. I don't care. She is black. I don't care if right. you made scandal or how to kill a person or graze an right. We're making other people rich. And these people don't care about us. I don't care what color they are. They do not right. give a hot flash about us. Right. We have to care about ourselves. We have to come together as community and teach. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. I'm hollering at the top of my lungs, stop paying attention to what these people have you looking at and pay attention to what's going to save you and your family which is right. making sure that you have the right foods and making sure that you start your own business and, and um, get with others that have businesses and start co-ops. And we've got yeah. something going on here in Atlanta called Black Wall Street, and it's not just in Atlanta. It's nationwide. Well, we're getting okay. together, putting money together to, to get properties, commercial and residential properties. You might not have but $500. The other person might have 5000 but if you pull mm-hmm. the money together, we can start, because I'm sure you know about Black Wall Street back in yeah. Tulsa in 1921, yeah. and they mm-hmm. burned down 36 blocks of the black homes and businesses because they were yeah. jealous because black people were keeping the money in the community. Right. Well, it's starting up again. But how many people know that Black Wall Street exists? They won't I know didn't. it if they're sitting watching Dancing with the Stars. I mean, right, you, yeah, you're right. not, in, yeah. But there's so much out there. You know, I know you're informed, and I know you don't, you know, pay attention to all that, but there are a lot of things that are happening. We need to keep our eyes open and see if you don't see them on the internet, then you need to get with like-minded people and share the. Oh, are you there? Sherry, are you there? Um, she's the call's probably getting ready to drop again, but she was just talking about black wall street, um, which, we knew about the Black Wall Street, you know, back in the, what was it, the early, uh, like, 1930s um, and what happened to that. But she's saying that there's also now a movement again where in, in Atlanta and some other cities are have started a Black Wall Street um, where, you know, people are pooling their monies together um, to start their own businesses and coming together collectively to work. And I wanted to talk to her a little bit more about that because um, I've always believed in that. I've always believed in, you know, community, helping each other, you know, pull each other up instead of trying to tear each other down, um, becoming a part of the solution instead of becoming a part of the problem. Um, so when she comes back on, I know she's going to call back. There she is. Um where, Sherry, where, where did I leave you then? Yeah, well, where we were, were talking where about, yeah, we were, 
we were talking about the Black Wall Street, and while you were um, disconnected, I was just sharing with the listeners um, how important that was because um, I do know the story of Black Wall Street, and you were saying that in other cities it started back up again. So, you know, I really want people to look into that, to research that, because we should start that in our communities. And and you know what, too, um, as you were talking about that, I want to ask you, um, because, like, I grew up, when I grew up, it was in the 60s, okay? I was born in the 60s, actually. Um, and I remember, you know, uh, my grandmother actually had a big part in helping to raise me. So, you know, back then, you, times were a lot different then because, you know, we, you know, um, we didn't talk back. You know, education, that's all of our parents and our grandparents, you know, enforced it. Education, education, education. And, you know, I come from a family of educators. I come from a family where, you know, they, they you know, you went to school, you came home, you did your homework, you know, and, and you know, they taught you. You had, te- you had black teachers in the school. You had students that went to school. They wanted to learn. They wanted to, you know, because uh, they knew how important it was. Now all of that's out the window. I believe it's come, it's mm-hmm. starting to come back, but it, it just went away. So I really believe that if we get back to that, if we get back to the way that our grandparents did it <laughs> and our parents did it, right. I think, you know, we will be so much better off. And when we have people like you out here pushing for that and educating us on um, how to, so because in school, I didn't, uh, they didn't teach us about finances in high school. They didn't teach us. No. You know, so you can't, so we had right there, there's a disadvantage. And even when you go to college, if you don't take financial courses, you still don't learn. Right. So now you have the opportunity to learn and to grow and you better learn it because the world is moving in such a fast pace, faster than when we were growing up. Oh, yes. So. So there's a whole nother way of learning. It's a whole generation out here who didn't have the discipline that maybe you and I had. But so now it's like, okay, you guys need to listen and learn because if you don't, you're going to be stuck. You're going to be broke, um, not just in money, but in spirit. Mm-hmm. So that I know true. that. Yeah, so I know that you, let's finish talking about the master plan because you left off, we were talking about the Black Wall Street, um, you know, when you got disconnected. So let's pick up from that point because I wanna, want you to continue to talk about the master plan. And, and, and also, for those listeners out there, um, I want you to make, wanna make sure that you um, give them your website so that they can go to your blog, I believe, because you're teaching courses on this stuff. Yes, yes. My, um, I'm teaching a boot camp. It's a six-week boot camp, and we'll go from zero to how to have a thriving home-based business. That information is at wakethepeople.com, wakethepeople.com. Now, mm-hmm. the Black Wall Street is called the Tulsa Real Estate Fund. If they look up Tulsa Real Estate, they may see a, a YouTube page, not a YouTube page, a Facebook page where there's a few little uh, videos uh, introducing it. It, It's a pretty new group. The guy that's headed it up is is a brother. I think he's out of New Jersey that's moved to Atlanta. Morrison is Mm -hmm. his name, his last name. Okay. And, you know, they can find out information about that. It's a new group. It's just starting. 
that was the first gathering that they had. They had okay. 125 tickets. They sold out, and they had to stop selling the tickets because there's so many people interested in this. This is, yeah. this is what we need. So if someone yeah. has just $500 that they want to invest, they can do that. You don't have to have sixty or $70,000 uh, right. to, to go get a property. So that okay. master plan is for us to start investing in hard assets. Yeah. IRAs, 401Ks, and mutual funds can go away in the blink of an eye, just like they did in 2008 when the stock market went down 777 points. Point sixty eight points in, mm. in, in one day. Mm. Americans mm-hmm. lost over $10.2 trillion in savings. It did not wow. just disappear. It, go, it went to the banks that were too big to fail. They paid their executives these large salaries even though the banks failed and got the shaft. Everyday mom and pop got the shaft. I would not invest in IRAs for 1K's mutual fund. Will not do it. Right. That's just like letting somebody else take care of your money. That's showing your ignorance. I don't know what to do. Therefore, I'm going to let somebody else have my money and hope that they do better with it than it is right now. Well, that's the person's fault because if they turn off the television and stop going to the movies every weekend to see all these crazy crazy movies that are out there, they can sit down and read and get some understanding about how money works and where to invest money. Like the wealthy mm-hmm. people do. I know how to invest money because I started researching at the same time that I started learning about the income tax. I had to follow the money. Okay, so where is the money going? Then I learned about the 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 Federal Reserve, and then I learned about who their owners were, and then I learned, you know, you got the the Rockefeller Foundation and the the all these foundations, the Kennedy Foundation. Everybody's got a foundation. All these rich, rich people. Well, what is that about? So I dove mm-hmm. deeper into that and found out how that works. That's how they keep money in their families for centuries mm. because they set it up properly. And see, all of us die and we don't leave anything but bills. Right. We have to take the and be serious about educating ourselves concerning how we can have a legacy left. I want to leave a legacy. The house that I'm living in right now, although it's in the hood, I want my family, if they don't want to rent it and have perpetual rental income coming in. That's right. what wealthy people do. That's right. Okay, so you might not have a college education. You may not have even graduated from high school. Guess what? Bill Gates didn't graduate from college. Henry Ford didn't graduate from high school. Henry Ford didn't make it past the sixth grade. That is no excuse. That's why my boot camp is called No Excuses Boot Camp, because I'm sick of hearing excuses about, well, I grew up on the wrong side of the track. You don't have to stay there. You don't. So you can start where you are doing something that is going to bring yourself up if you're serious about it. If not, just keep going to your job, be a proletarian, go home, watch the football game, watch the, the television shows, but do not complain about where you are. And don't be hating right. on people that decide to do right. That's right. So that's what well, I you tell know, people. I, mm-hmm. I also heard you do a, say a quote um, in one of the interviews, and I, I wanted to wanted you to um, – like expand, expound upon that. You said a job pays you just enough to stop you from working for yourself. A job yes, pays you uh, just one enough. Of, that, mm-hmm. One of my uh, uh, affiliates, uh, associates, grandfather told him that. What that means mm-hmm. is you're getting it. It's a comfort zone. So let's say for the sake of argument, here in Georgia, we have lower wages than in the, the Northwest. So a, mm-hmm. good, a, a single person that is making, let's say, $50,000, 
That's pretty. They can live pretty comfortably. So what he meant was, it's a job, and they pay you just enough where you'll you'll continue to work on that job until either they fire you or you quit or retire. And a lot of people do retire. But let's say if the job came to you one day and said, we can no longer pay you $50,000, we have to pay you, now we have to give you 30000 Now, then some decisions need to be made. So you need to, A, go, go find a second job and work yourself to death, or you can do something else like start a home-based business. So a job is there to make sure that you don't work for yourself because people, people that are serious about working for themselves, they don't they don't waste time, they don't cut corners, they treat this seriously. They don't sleep in until eleven o'clock unless they, they're like me and they stay up all night and I still don't sleep in until eleven o'clock. Right. But, you know, I use my time wisely because I know that my income is depending on what I do and what the people that work for me do. Right. So those people are gonna be serious about having a business. The average home based business per the, the small business administration. The last time mm-hmm. you looked, the average home-based business brings in $36,000 a year. Wow. So that's pretty good on the side. You know, that's pretty that's good. Pretty good. So if you, if yeah. you have a job, you got your job, job is taking care of your uh, health care and all of your benefits and stuff, you keep the job. I'm, I'm not telling right. people to quit their job. No, 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 no. Keep right. your job. Your job is beating the drum. Your job is the one that's paying for your car note and your mortgage and all that stuff. Right. But instead of wasting time, in the evenings and on weekends doing things, entertaining yourself, you know, put your nose to the grindstone and start a home-based business that's going to bring in money so that when your paycheck comes, you'll say, oh, did I get paid yesterday? Instead of waiting for that money to pop up in your direct deposit in your, in your, in your bank account at, at midnight on, on uh, Thursday night. Right, right, and that makes so much sense. Now, do you take on um, clients? Do you, you know, um, or do you just do it in bulk, like where you do your workshops and um, things like that? I do. I Because, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know where you have the time to do all this because, my goodness gracious, I know that you're working on your um, your Christian, um, uh, uh, Doctor of Christian Education degree as well, aren't you? You're in school for that? No, don't tell me she left us again. Okay, so this storm is really something down in the ATL. Um, It looks like it kicked her off, but I know that she's in school for her Doctor of Christian Education degree, okay? Um, She does workshops, and um, I think she does online workshops. We're going to find out when she comes back. Sherry, are you you there? Sherry? Okay, so I know that she does um, home, you know, workshops and things like that, and I believe she does them online. So she's also talked about a documentary on that's on Netflix. If you're really interested in finding out, you know, how to become more healthy, what the government is um, and what they are doing and what they aren't doing with your food, there's a documentary on Netflix called What the Health. If you're brave enough to sit and to watch it, um, I would, I recommend you watch that. Uh, let's see. Is this Sherry? Are you there? Wow. Yeah. I know. It was so weird. You know what? When, when I dial back in quickly, because I, when I lost you this time, I could see it because I was watching the phone. When I uh-huh. dial back in, I could hear you talking and before it even uh-huh. rung. It's so weird. What I was, oh, that, I was I don't telling know. you about, yeah. there's something going on it's, because it didn't yeah. ring. It just, it went back to you. 
and I okay. could hear me talking about the other things that I had in the documentary, but it wouldn't yeah. let me. It wouldn't let me in. That's crazy. So I, I do. I I have this boot camp at, in like I said, the information is at wakethepeople.com. That's uh-huh. a lower price because it's it's like in bulk. There'll be I'll be talking for about forty five minutes to an hour, and then have people have Q and A, and then after okay. the classes are over, people will get a chance to have a one on one consultation with me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I do have one on one counseling, and it starts out at six months and goes up. Okay. I, don't, I, I produce results, and I can't help yeah. you do something, I'll, you know, hit, hit and missing. And, and, you know, so it takes about six months for somebody to start out and get up and running to where they're really a thriving business because I don't want somebody to say, I worked with her and she didn't do anything. That's just like, you know, somebody giving you some medicine and you take it a couple of days and say it, it didn't work. Right. Exactly. So do you hear that, listeners? Um, please, if you um, are interested or you've ever had that dream, and I know a lot of you have, of wanting to start a home-based business, but you just don't know how to get started um, and if you should get started, hopefully after hearing this conversation today, and not just this conversation, but you listen to me week to week to week, and, you know, I'm always talking about, you know, uh, following your passions, going after your dreams, and so on and so forth. This woman right here is the real deal. Um, so please, you know, uh, uh, look her up. And, and you said um, no excuses boot camp? Yes. That No okay. Excuses Boot Camp is it's going to be on Thursday, starting this Thursday. It's going to be from 9 Eastern to 10 Eastern. That's to make sure that the, the, the West Coast people, you know, get a chance to listen. Okay. And for those who sign up for it, it will be recorded just in case somebody has to go out of town or they miss a call. And, yeah. and at the end of the six weeks, we will go over that person's business plan and all that other stuff. That sounds wonderful. So please, please, please look her up. And Sherry, you know, we're running out of time. We've run out of time, actually. Um, and I'm so hoping that you'll come back and join us again because, I, you know, I know this had, had to be frustrating for you because of the drop calls. This has never happened before. Um, I don't mm. know what's going on, but you know what? I know, right? Mm. <laughs> um, but we would love to have you to come back because there's so much stuff that we didn't even really get to go over. Right. And I felt like right. it was just maybe a little rushed and stuff. But I, I want people to really get a sense of, you know, the urgency of um, what the information that you shared with us today. It's just so important. And, you know, it is. Yeah, it is. yeah, we especially our youth, we have to start investing in our young people um, and you have so much to offer. So please, please, please um, say you'll come back and join us again. I definitely will, especially since we've had this really challenge. You know, my phone <laughs> right now is not moving. It actually, you know how your your phone tells you how many seconds there are? Uh-huh. It's not moving. My, my phone is locked right now. It's locked. I can't do that's anything crazy. on my phone. I'm glad you're still on here. It's crazy, but that's yeah. okay. I will come back. You just let me know when. Give the, give your listeners a chance to digest what I said today, and then I'll yeah. come back and we'll elaborate on what needs to be done, especially okay. in our community as far as our mindsets are concerned. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And please, then you'll stay safe out there um, and stay, you know, um, just prayed up because we're going to send you light and love and prayers and all that good stuff. And thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, you for coming on with us. Thank you for having me on the show. All right, take care. All righty, bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Sherry P. 
Shaquille Jackson. Um, and so that actually concludes our show for this evening. I would just want to thank everyone for tuning in with us. And thank you so much for your patience today. Um, again, you know, she's in down in Atlanta where um, Hurricane Irma, which actually was downgraded, thank God, to a tropical storm, but they were still having issues, um, you know, in that area as far as cell phone reception and so on and so forth. But we hung in there. We did. We hung in there. We got some information from her. She's very, very knowledgeable about finances. She used to work for the IRS. Um, And uh, she does workshops and things like that for people who um, want to start or interested in starting their own home-based business. Please look her up, Sherry Peel Jackson. She has a blog. Um, just, just research. Just go and check her out. And um, yeah, she's she's an amazing woman. So a shout out to my family who are always loving and supporting me, and also to my friends and colleagues in all of my social networking sites. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging in there with me today. Once again, a big thank you to Sherry for taking the time to share a big part of your journey and your wisdom with us. We are eternally grateful for you because we know that knowledge is power. And when we know better, we do better. Also, don't forget to stop by my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, to get some extra motivation and inspiration. And leave me a message to let us know that you stopped by. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash 101 and follow us on Twitter at least 101. That's L-Y-S-E 101. So make sure you come back and tune in on Monday, next Monday, September the 18th, when we will be talking with Miss Gloria Covington, another amazing woman. And so your mission, ladies and gentlemen, if you so choose to accept it, is take the necessary time to do a true self-evaluation. Seek God and learn how to love yourself first, because after all, you owe it to yourself to know yourself. Once again, I'm Lisa Saunders, and thank you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio's A Date with Destiny. Peace and abundant blessings, everyone. Bye-bye.